Welcome to the Evolve and Elevate podcast. My name's Samantha, and I'm here to help you ladies stop repeating the same behaviors and learn how to build the habits you need to finally lose the weight for good and uncover your badass self. If you feel stuck and overwhelmed with all the information out there, I'm gonna be dropping five specific episodes a week to help you gain the clarity you need in order to rebuild that confidence, get strong, and heal your relationship with food so you can finally build the body of your dreams. Now let's get started. Hi, welcome back to the Evolve and Elevate podcast, ladies. Today we're talking training with knee pain with Coach Mike. Hi, Mike. Welcome Hi. to the podcast. <laughs> Live from our floor. <laughs> so you guys asked uh, about knee pain, and I thought it was fitting to bring Mike on because not only does he have knee pain, but he also... <laughs> Just throw you under the bus. Um, But he also um, is a registered kinesiologist. He's just recently come full-time with Fit Strategy. Now, he's been working with us for a while doing online and in-person training. But he also does have previous experience at like physio clinics and things like that. Um, So this is really going to be about integrating physio and... um, as well as like training and like when to know when you need to go see somebody when you know that it's just something that you need to deal with on your own. Like there's a lot of um, discrepancies and a lot of mystery around it. And so we're going to clear that up today. Um, So Mike, do you want to start off by briefly going over like your personal experience with knee pain and basically how it's affected your fitness journey and how it has affected me? (laughs) The enunciation on that. Uh, She's very right. Now my with my athletic career also went through a lot of different uh, injuries, things like that, that impacted, especially around the knee as I was a runner in track and field doing um, the pentathlon and heptathlon. So that was a lot of fun. But the most annoying thing is especially with ankle, knee, stuff like that is that it impacts your daily life very significantly. Uh, and my most recent, uh, funny enough, was actually on June 3rd, uh, just a few months ago, I took uh, a lovely outing just for fun. And we went and we went to a trampoline park. And after about two hours, my knee decided it was done. He turned 30 and then went to a trampoline park. And it has nothing to do with being 30. <laughs> has nothing to do with being 30. I turned 30. I went to a birthday party for another friend turning 30. We played on a trampoline. I hadn't jumped on a trampoline in probably five years. We tried to do front so flips, funny. running on trampolines. If I had been on trampoline more often, maybe my knee would have been ready because it's a very unstable environment. But anyways, long story short, I hurt my knee. I felt like somebody used my knee as a guitar string and and it snapped. I felt the click. Now, first thing to do, that is a form of what's called an acute injury. And at the time, I couldn't even walk upstairs. Sam likes to brag about how much I lift. I was lifting 400 pounds for my squat at the time. I went to nothing. I couldn't walk upstairs. So it impacted my, my life, my fitness significantly because I could no longer lift in the way that I was lifting before the injury. So had to take it very seriously. Now, first thing in that case, an acute injury, you know, click, there was something that happened. First thing you do is one, take it easy. You have to figure out what's going on. Where does it hurt? How does it hurt? And that's a time where you go get it looked at. So I actually uh, conveniently being that I was working at a physio clinic at the time, I went and I got it looked at. So had basic assessment done and made sure that I knew what I was looking at in terms of the injury. Especially, yes, I was 30. Sometimes things let go. (laughs) So I wanted to make sure that I was in the right ballpark. So I got it looked at and I got cleared of anything significant in terms of ACL tear, MCL tear, um, anything that would require surgery, meniscal tear. So it sounded like I just gave it a really good pinch. Now, hopefully that helps. He's got knee pain. If anyone didn't know, his knee hurts. He went on a trampoline, he hurt it, and then he... (laughs) 
found out that he didn't tear anything, but it still hurts. Okay. What are some common causes of knee pain that individuals may encounter during training or exercise routines? Because obviously, as much as we all wish that every exercise we would do it properly, sometimes we get hurt. Like you guys know, um, you know, I accidentally loaded the wrong amount of weight a few months ago and then messed up my back like stuff happens. Um, but knees tend to be something that goes quite frequently, especially because a lot of the ladies that we coach, um, they like to run, they like to do a lot of explosive movements, but also like a lot of you guys are beginners. And so then you start lifting a little bit more weight than you're used to something tweaks and you don't know what to do. So what is some common causes of knee pain that they're, they might experience during training or exercise? The most common cause out of everything is always going to be technique oriented. Your knee has a very simple interaction. Uh, I like to call it a dumb joint, a very simple interaction because it's going to be dictated by what's above and below it. You have your ankle, a lot of movement that happens at the ankle, a lot of movement that happens also at the hip. So it could be simply as how the muscles around the hip leading into the knee or from the ankle up to the knee are interacting, whether that's tension, strength difference, if you're stronger left side to right side, it can change how your hips move. And that impacts how your knee moves. So if you imagine your knee has to line up perfectly, and it goes into open and close, but if it's tilted, you might actually be pulling and hitting into a different uh, line of pull. Um, the kneecap might be actually grazing. I've had history with what's called patellofemoral. Uh, where my kneecap actually hit my femur as I would go into deeper knee flexion. This is something that can happen with uh, heavy lifting as well as runners. Now imagine running particularly if you're doing anything cardio, whether it's for weight loss, for fitness, that's a lot of repetitions if you do a half hour run, if you do 2000 steps, 3000 steps, 10,000 steps in a run, that's a lot of wear and tear on the knee that you have to pay attention to. So that adds in from technique into overuse with poor technique. Yeah. And also guys, like we talked about it a few times, but like running as well is really, really hard on your joints. So a lot of us are just like, oh, I want to get more active. I want to get more fit. I'm going to go for a run. And then without realizing it, it really takes like what I think it's like three to four times your body weight on each leg as you're running. So the impact is really, really strong. Unless you have that muscle mass and that strength, it's going to cause a lot of issues. So you want to make sure that you're actually strength training as well. Um, what steps do you think individuals should take if they experience knee pain during their workout? Is it advisable to push through it or to seek medical advice? And before we even get into this, y'all, I know who you are. You ladies love to push through pain. You're like, oh, it hurts, but it's fine because I need to like lose weight. So Mike, can you please clarify that? <laughs> okay. Simple answer is no. So loaded. <laughs> okay. Burning. Great. We love burning. Okay. That means we're pushing the musculature. Pain, anything sharp, shooting, stabbing, grinding. Those are not good signs of things that you should be working through in the gym. Now, the number one thing to pay attention to when you do that for what you can do. One, if you're in the gym, does it hurt? Does it give any of those sensations? Sharp shooting, stabbing, grinding, or, or electric, shocking. If it doesn't give you any of those, fine go do it or lower the weight until you don't get that pain. That can also be an issue if there's a tissue tolerance happening there. But we do not push through that. If we're getting some of those, we want to get it looked at. Now, if there's something that you do that helps get it better, so you do a certain stretch and oh, I go back and I squat and it feels better. That's what we want to prioritize is that stretching or engagement to make sure that we're getting that pain reduced to a level that is tolerable. Like it should remember zero is the normal pain level. That's normal. So there is no, oh yeah, it hurts. That's normal. No, that is not. So no, cool. don't push through it. Yeah, fair. Um, and then, so with that being said, let's talk about proper warm up and cool down routines. So if you have knee pain, is there any specific stretches or mobility exercises that you would suggest or that can help um, before they get into their exercise? Okay. So common cause, um, absolutely. Warm up, 
exactly what we were just talking about. When you find the stretches that help reduce your pain, okay, that is going to be one of the biggest things that you can spend time on. So during your warm up, we want to start with maybe gentle movement, whether that's the treadmill, as long as there's no pain or the bike. I'm not a fan of ellipticals, but maybe even the elliptical, as long as there's no pain to get the joints moving, get things flowing. Once we get the musculature warm, then we can get into basic stretching. The usual areas, and I say usual because you could be different. Okay, everyone's a little different. I have to do certain stretches for my knee. Sam has to do different stretches for her knees and her yes. hips. We're different people. Hey, we there's are. nothing wrong with it. We are. <laughs> we are different. Can't you tell? I have all my think, hair on my chin. I think it's the beard. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the beard. Yeah. Why don't you shave? <laughs> I do. Anyways, back on topic. So finding what <laughs> stretches work for you. Now, the usual areas that you're going to want to look at is your hip flexor. So right into the front of the hip, as well as the quad and, and your calves. Okay. That's going to be one, two, and three around the knee. Um, you can also look into lower back as well, paying attention. A simple thing to check is also are your hips level? So if you find the bony point in the very front of your hip on both sides and then look down, is one in front of the other? Is one higher than the other? This might mean that you're also tilted one side's tighter than the other. So if my right side is higher than my left, I probably want to stretch my right side hip flexor and I want to actually tighten the left one to get my pelvis into the right spot. So little things like that can be very important. So a lunge stretch, a calf stretch, a hip opener stretch. So whether that's windshield wipers, we love the uh, DTS 9090. That yeah. is, I do that before every leg day, every time. And it works. I feel great. That's the one that normally, if you guys see it on my stories where I'm, I'm doing uh, my legs are kind of like 90, 90 on the ground. And then I'm kind of doing this weird like head motion and everyone laughs and calls it a dance. That's why I do it. <laughs> dance with it. They yeah. use sound effects. It makes it fun. It does. Um, someone asked, how long should a warm up last before strength training? I don't really think of it as time based, but it's not usually time based. It's usually when you feel active and engaged. So if we're looking at uh, especially for strength, we want to make sure everything's actively engaged. So and if especially if we're looking at like heavy strength, okay, so anything in that six or lower, we're probably looking at I would wager anywhere from five to 10 minutes. And then I'm going off a bit of personal as well, because obviously it he changes slower. I will say that I take a lot of time because I make sure that it, I lift very like heavy. Five, 600 pounds. Uh, so. Like my squats this week was 355 for 10. That was my sets. Wow. Uh, so three. Uh, so I take 10 minutes onto the treadmill, make sure that everything's moving. I spend at least five to 10 minutes doing my stretches where I do my 90-90. I do my hip opener. My uh, I stretch my hamstrings and uh, my calves if they're feeling tight. And then I do at least one to two, uh, whether I go right into the workout at that point where I do a lighter weight engagement, yeah, I burp. I'll do an engagement exercise or do a low set that I focus on high tension with a low weight. So treating your weight, if you don't have time for more engagement exercises, do a set at the beginning with lower weight, maybe like 50%, 40% of your actual weight, but treat it like it's your peak set. Do not treat your warm up sets like they're nothing. Yeah, I would also say like for those ladies who like aren't doing like one and a half hour, two hour workouts, like Mike's workouts are a little bit longer. It also depends on like what your goals are, right? So if you're somebody that's just getting started and you have a 30 minute workout, your warm up is probably going to be a little bit slower or like, sorry, a little bit faster, but you're going to notice that um, the intention during the exercises is still going to have to be there, but your warm up might be five to 10 minutes, or you might find that you're working out three to four times per week, but you're doing more mobility or stretching days outside of that, where is like Mike will take 10 to 15 minutes before his workout, but he also doesn't do mobility on his off days, right? So really understanding that like, it just depends on what your schedule looks like. So that's why also like if you do have knee pain, you're going to need more of a custom program, to be honest, like yep. trying to do these like cookie cutter things really isn't going to work because you're just going to find that you're going to go to do it. You're not going to be able to do it. You're going to get frustrated and then you're going to end up at square one, right? So there's different levels, but don't think that you have to do a two hour workout or a 20 minute mobility session everybody's different you can do 
like shorter amount of time. So it's just more so about making sure that the exercises are more effective and also making sure that you know that like when you're programming a workout, if you're an experienced coach, you're going to know that this person has 30 minutes. So this exercise, this exercise and this stretch are going to be the most beneficial for the time period that they have allotted. Okay. So it just depends. What role does footwear play in preventing or managing knee pain during workouts? And are there specific shoes that you would suggest? Yes. We get this question a lot. So especially depending on what exercise you're doing, if we're doing heavy weightlifting, we want to do stuff that has more of a flat sole. So this is where chucks were kind of thrown in for a while as deadlifting shoes. They were like the deadlifting shoe, but we do want something that has a little bit less of an arch to it. Uh, squatting, depending on where you're at. Same thing. I would advise a flatter sole. So for weightlifting in general, a flatter sole is ideal. Now this varies because obviously if you have uh, foot pain, orthotics uh, obviously play into that. We want to make sure your arch is supported, but not something that is so cushy, like a running shoe where you have a lot of movement, especially if you're lifting heavier weights. Now, if you're going lighter, a, a classic cross training shoe or running shoe will work fine. But I'm also speaking from a perspective of a strength coach and my own strength lifting. You need to have more engagement through the ground. Standing on a cushy pillow isn't really a good idea. Now, if you're running, more support is better, depending on the strength of your ankle. So if you're the type where you walk for a long time, and then you're you feel like your calves are bricks, and you're in pain, you probably need a little bit more support until you build up your endurance to do that. I would uh, not suggest uh, going to like something like a toe shoe or something. There's a lot about barefoot running, it can strengthen your foot. But I can tell you from personal experience, unless you build yourself into that level of strength through your ankle, you will not be able to walk properly for a little while after if you use it a lot. I did it really hurt. Yeah, I did it. And I for two weeks, and then I stopped. My calves were so yeah, yeah, my ankles were like, what the hell? Now, once I recovered and I rebuilt it properly, I do love those shoes, especially if you're like into canoeing, kayaking, like outdoorsy stuff, but I wouldn't use it for daily use. It's like different levels, right? Yes. Like when you got to you know first, what level you're at. When you first start like having a running shoe or like if you guys just have like normal shoes, that's fine. But it's like as you get heavier and as you get more into weight training, you're going to start getting more into like these niche specific things. It's like the nobles, right? They're $150 pair of like of CrossFit shoes, like you're probably not going to buy that square like day one. But once you start doing CrossFit competitions, you might start looking into that. Nike Metcons are fantastic. Oh, I love those. Those are pretty. They're, they are they are pricey, but I personally, they're worth the, if yeah. you can get it at, 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 at a clearance, too. they're fantastic. They're freaking heavy. Don't go running in those. No, like, do not they run those. They're very much gym shoes. So physical therapy and rehabilitation are often recommended for knee pain. Um, can you please explain treatments when you integrate the strength training and physio together okay. and what benefits that has. So remember, the number one thing when you're talking about physio is it regaining movement without pain. I'm going to slide over while I got some space here. It's regaining movement without pain. As soon as we can get into that, we get our exercises, whether that's our stretching exercises to get our alignment proper or the right strength and exercise, because if muscle is not strong enough to handle the workload, it will get tighter to compensate. So when we're looking at physio, that's where we're looking at the nitty gritty. It's going to start small. It's so annoying, especially if you've been an experienced lifter for a long time, and then you have to go to physio, completely ego destroying, which is actually good. You want to bring that back when you're looking at physio. Now, once you get through that nitty gritty at the beginning, you're back into doing full range, stuff like that. But it's like, uh, it doesn't feel right. This is where that kind of flips from just straight physio into integrating to full exercise, we start treating that as part of our warm up. Okay, so if we know, oh, I was doing this because my knee is imbalanced, my left to right quad is off, I have this engagement drill for my medial quad. Great, I'm going to include that as part of my warm up now. So it's in that 10 to 15. After you do your general warm up, you start doing your warm up, 
uh, for the actual exercises you're doing to engage, to get ready to move. Those are when you want to throw in those physio exercises. If you guys have questions, please make sure you drop them down below. We have one or two questions. more questions and then we're going to do a Q&A, okay? So, and then what would I, like, what advice would you have for anyone listening that is currently dealing with knee pain, but they still want to stay active? How can they approach their training in a safe and sustainable way? Okay, number one, find the exercises that do not hurt. I think I've repeated that three or four times already. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to use myself as an example. So when I hurt myself uh, in June, I literally couldn't walk up the stairs. It was embarrassing. I'm a 220 pound gorilla and I had to limp up the stairs. Sam thought it was hilarious. No, I And I couldn't even really walk properly. Funny. I couldn't walk upstairs. So what I did when I went back to the gym, I did take approximately two weeks off and I focused on just moving my knee. So I got it assessed. I moved my knee. I stretched a lot and I made sure I maintained my range of motion. Now, once I got back into the gym, the first thing I did was find out what exercises didn't hurt. And I went to the basics. So I started off with wall sits. Being able to sit on the wall, you get to choose how hard you make it just by sliding down the wall and deciding your range. Then also isolation. I took a step back. Isolation, leg extensions, leg curls, because I had range of motion. Now I need to strengthen my knee through that range so I could decide how far do I kick, how much weight do I decide is also isolated and supported. From a general movement standpoint, then I had body weight squats. I went from 400 pounds to body weight. That was interesting. But I made sure that I was moving properly and then I built back up. So I went from body weight as I progressed, I added light weight. So dumbbells, I added, eventually I moved back into unilateral. So I did body weight lunges, stationary into a mobile. Well, and keeping my engagement drills, keeping my isolation stuff to make sure I was strengthening through to make sure that I was building the strength rather than just jumping back to doing what I wanted to do. I didn't put a bar on my back for probably a month and a half. Um, and then just this weekend, I finally only the, about the fourth time back under a bar and I was able to do 355 for 10. So by taking the time and doing that, I'm already back up to the point where I'm lifting significantly. I still wear a patellar brace. If anyone saw that video, I was wearing this strap thing around my knee. That's to support my patellar ligament. Uh, well, I'm, cause I'm still rebuilding. Now I wearing that I had no pain during my squat. So I'm still in there and no real crazy pain the next day other than my quads. I'm, I'm hurting today. I'm on day two soreness right now. It's great. So we want to make sure we're paying attention and then gradually including things that are more complicated and then loading. Cool. So find what works. So because I, I could deadlift from day one, basically. So find what works no issue. and then go from there. Yeah. Cool. Go basic. Find what gives you no pain in that realm and then gradually reintroduce. But it's going to take time and it's going to take a lot of attention to the little details around the hip how the knee's moving and what's tight, what's hurting. Okay. So a lot of the people listening to this have no idea what that looks like at all. Like that was super general. So can we make it a little bit more specific in terms of like, if you had knee pain, what are three exercises that you would start doing tomorrow? If you're like, you know, a 200 pound woman who has knee pain and barely goes to the gym. Okay. Let's the, like moderate. So the number one, <laughs> number one thing I would add is a, I would do a box squat. So you sit to a box and then stand. So you have control, you can focus on your technique and you're in a supported position and you can control depth of the squat. So you, as you improve, get a smaller box. So I would do that. I would also include, I'm going to pair these leg extensions, leg curls, depending on how your pain is. Also paying attention to the alignment of my, where my foot is pointing, depending on where my pain is in my knee. So if your pain is on the inside, where would you point your knee? Pain is on the inside. I would likely point my knee out. And if your point your that your pain is on the outside, where would you point it? I would point my toe in. Okay. And then leg extensions. A lot of people think that that's really bad for knee pain. Why is that not true? Uh, because it's just not. 
That's a solid so, answer. It is a remember. great isolation exercise. Now, this is not something we, we want to go lightweight. And this is also if you have range of motion. Okay, if you have full range of motion, go for it. But we can moderate the, the weight. It is very isolated. We can do just like Walter. said, we can do isometrics, we can just hold the weight, we can do range of motion and hold we can do tempo, it's very direct through the line of pull that the knee has to do your knee literally has to go through that range of motion no matter what no matter what you can walk go upstairs sit and go to the bathroom yep. you're going to use your knee through full range of motion so there's nothing wrong with a leg extension now throwing the weight terrible idea throwing too much weight on the bar or on the on the machine terrible idea because that's just ego and also the the sheer thrill of seeing weight move or weight hitting on the stack no go smooth go slow make sure you're controlling it and yeah, go from there. The only ones who really think that lifting a bunch of weight improperly is impressive if, is people that don't know what they're doing. Like at the end of the day. So if you guys have stuff that hurts and you're just doing things like, yeah, like my knee hurts, but then like, I'm still doing squats. Eh, no one, like it doesn't really have the wow factor. You know what I mean? So, and I'm saying this because I think a lot of the times when you go to the gym or for a lot of you ladies that are transitioning into the gym from at home, you're like, well, I don't want to look like I'm only lifting 10 pounds, but like if you can lift 10 pounds without pain, that's going to get you way more results. And you're going to feel way better in the long run than just loading up the bar to try and look cool and then struggling and maybe hurting yourself. Yeah. Right. So yeah, like if you guys see me in the gym right now, I'm not lifting that much weight at all. And it's mostly because I have double scoliosis, um, messed up my back and whatever, whatever, like a million other joint issues. Right. So it's like my compounds are a lot light, like lighter, but then isolations have been a lot heavier. So, so if anyone has questions, drop them down for Mike and he will answer them about knee pain or back pain. Um, the other question I got a lot was about, um, belts and back braces. So if you have any ideas for back pain and people wearing back, like lifting belts in the gym. Okay. So back, <laughs> back pain. Oh, I got thoughts. Back pain is all about. So when we look at back pain, okay, this is uh, out of uh, Stu McGill. He's a fantastic professor. He specializes in back pain, postures, motions, and loads. Okay. So postures, obviously what positions do you have to hold? So in the gym, if we think about a deadlift varies between a stiff leg, Romanian conventional sumo, the back position changes. So we have different postures throughout that. Okay, so postures, number one, what positions do you have to hold? Maybe even just with a bent over row, you have to hold the sustained position. Uh, if you like to garden, uh, think about just bending over. And if you're not on the ground, if you physically bend over and just start doing stuff, that's a posture you have to hold and maintain. So there's the posture. Second is the motion. Are you bending over and it hurts? Are you standing up and it hurts? Are you side bending? Are you twisting? So then we have our motion. That will matter as well. The spine is designed to do flexion extension as well as rotation. Now, imagine now you're adding in. Your spine becomes basically like a towel. So imagine wringing a towel and then twisting it. Your spine has to be able to control its position as well as keep all those lovely spinal innervations going out without pinching them. So you also have that. And then load. Load is obviously simple. How much weight are you having to bear? Now, normally, especially if you have back pain to begin with, it's us. Your physical body is going to be the, the position and how you're moving. Can I also that. add something on that? Also, ladies, if you've been pregnant before and you've had a 30 pound baby literally attached to your belly and your back is arched, you probably have compression in your low back, specifically L5S1, which then you're going to get like sciatic pain, which sciatica guys, like if you think of your spine at the very end, all the nerves just kind of like flow off. There's no rhyme or reason on things. So you might get like your, your calf tenses up, then your foot goes numb, then your toes are numb. Then all of a sudden your hamstring hurts. Like there's a whole bunch of other things as well that can cause issues. Um, and it might be random. And that's why you can't really pinpoint it because it's random. It's just compression in your low back. Um, so by opening up that joint and making sure that you're like drinking water and hydrating your discs and things like that, that can also help quite a bit. Yeah. So that's also something else that could be 
mindful because I know you're kind of more general, but there's a lot of ladies that have had kids. No, I, yeah, that's, that's, a and the more, more kids, the worse it gets. So. I, I know there's a lot of moms on here. That's a very, that gets a little bit more yeah. specific. I'm trying to keep this a little bit more general, you're good. Um, but she's absolutely right because it's all of a set about center of gravity with that. Back to the question. I see another one in the chat. I'm going to get to it in a second uh, with the belt. Now a weight belt is essentially designed, same idea as like what I wear with my patellar brace. It's designed to add tension through the abdominal because between the rib cage and your pelvis, you basically have freeform. The spine has to be controlled by the musculature. So the belt goes into that spot to increase what's called intra-abdominal pressure. So that's where we look at diaphragmatic breathing when you're lifting that bracing breath where you push your stomach out, especially to the side to engage the core. If you don't know this, do not go wear a lifting belt. No, I'm getting there. Okay, I'm just putting Don't worry, that's, trust me, that's my advice. Oh, so, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting there. So I'm just explaining. So the belt does that. It adds tension so that I have something to push against with my abs. It's not about just squeezing tight and sucking everything in. You actually push your stomach out against the belt to increase the tension and help support the spine. So like I usually... Uh, put my belt on once I get to around 300 plus. It's now that's because I built to that, but that's be, but I don't touch it until until I get to that point. I think. Is it like double your body weight? No, no. It's it? it it varies based on person and level of intensity. So if you're at 80 percent above, you probably want to be putting on a belt if you're lifting at a high level. I am not talking about if you're lifting, like if you're lifting sub body weight, you probably should don't need a belt. Probably. Remember, everyone's individual. There's different, and it depends on how intense it feels. If you are working your way up and 100 pounds is, oh my God. Yeah, maybe if you really want to push. But the bigger thing is, remember, you have to move your body. This is where the recommendation that I usually give everyone is being able to lift yourself, okay? Unless you're lifting at a high level above body weight, we don't really want to be touching a belt because we want to make sure that the belt is not replacing you. So hence, I go back to postures, motions, and loads. One, we make sure our postures are good. We make sure our motions are clean. We're moving from where we need to go and we're controlling that motion. Then we add the load because if we don't have posture and motion maintained, loading is bullshit at that point. It doesn't fucking matter. Okay. I, I thought I dropped one swear word. I, I, Sam does it. So I thought I'd have some fun Sorry. with it. It's the one place I'm going to put it. I get one. It's P still PG-13. I get one. Okay. Cool. So when we're looking at that, having your posture and motion, your technique locked in, your bracing locked in, and then adding load. Okay. Belts aren't, aren't important until after that fact. And that's when you're getting above body weight because your body should be able to lift itself. Cool. Okay. That might be slightly controversial, but otherwise, yeah. Um, awesome. So for starters at the gym with knee pain, what weight would you recommend to start on the leg machine? Sorry if you already asked. No, that's okay. okay. Wonderful question. Uh, bottom. Okay. Especially if you already have knee pain. We have to establish what type of knee pain, where is it coming from? And if we need to re, and if it's a strengthening issue and we're getting onto that, uh, that machine and we're trying to strengthen particularly, like my issue is particularly through my patellar ligament. So I need to strengthen that. So I do a lot of leg extensions right now to isolate it and strengthen. Start at the bottom. Okay. If you can do, so most of them start at 15 pounds and then they have a little five pound thing that you can add to it. Literally start at 15. And if you pick up 15, there's no pain. And you're like, Oh, he said, go to the bottom. This is boring. I don't even feel anything. Then you don't have to do 10 reps. Just go up to the next one. Okay. And start as low as you need to go, especially with rehab. We got to take the ego out of it. Okay. And for example, I started at, uh, at 45 pounds, uh, when I started rehabbing my knee and I couldn't do extensions, I was literally holding 45 pounds at a 90 degree angle. And I, my leg was shaking. I held it for 30 seconds. And then I did that about three or four times. And my quad was shaking. I couldn't maintain it. And I did have like tension in that spot, not pain, but tension. Now I've built up, I'm at currently around 90 pounds for my extensions. And that's after working on it for how many months has it been June, July, August, September, four months, Yeah, four months. And I'm at, I've doubled it 
on a single leg extension, but it takes time. Also, like if you guys think about it too, there's um, when you're looking at your muscles and your ligaments, Thank you, John. ligaments are way less, like they're normally about what, 70% of your, what your muscles can lift roughly. Sorry, say that again. Your ligaments are normally like there's like around 70% ish, ish. That's really, it's, a, yeah, that's well, a hard, relative, that's a but, hard relative yeah, statistic. But I'm just to saying look, like roughly like guys, like it, even though you can lift a hundred pounds, your ligaments might not have built up. Like if you've been doing like extensions and like curls and you've been doing all this isolation stuff and all these like raw, raw, like workouts on the internet. And then you're like, now I'm going to go try and do like squats and deadlifts. Your ligaments and your joints might not be able to keep up so far. So the thing is, is that that's why when you go to physio, you're like, wow, this is so easy. I could do a million of these, but like later on your ligaments are tired and they're hurting again because you actually needed to do that and strengthen those ligaments so it's about strengthening the ligament and the tendons it's not about strengthening the muscle right we're stretching the muscles out around the knee and like mike said it's a dumb joint it's kind of like if you had a door and you pulled one of the pins off and it starts like tracking and it starts grinding sometimes that happens as well because you could have like patellar pain or you could have tracking issues with your knee or you could have a meniscus tear or you could have like all these other like or you could it could literally be your hip yeah could it, be your hip. Yeah, <laughs> like, it could be your yeah. hip. It could actually be your right shoulder, technically. Yeah, or it could be the fact that you have shitty form and that the fact is like your knees just caving in and then you've put 45 pounds on your back and you're like, why does my knee hurt? And it normally wouldn't have hurt. But the thing is, is like the problem is just that you've loaded that movement, right? So if you were just body weight, it wouldn't really bug you so much. But now that you've added 45 pounds on, it really bothers you. And then we get that grinding or we get that breakdown. So there's a ton of different reasons or like, I guess like issues or ways that you can hurt your knee, but either way, regardless of it, working through that pain, like I hope you guys, if you didn't get anything working through that pain does not do anything for you because all it's going to do is like improve the chances that you get osteoarthritis. You like have to get a knee replacement, like all that kind of stuff. Anything else you want to add on to the end of it before we wrap it up? No. Um, biggest thing is when it's knee pain, you got to find out where it's coming from. Don't just say, ah, my knee. Okay. It can be coming from other places. Also, do not undervalue your warm up, your stretching, and the little things. We're getting old, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. true. I even I like I do that 90-90 before every workout. But if I get rushed, there's been times where I don't do it. And that's when suddenly things hurt. Things don't feel good. I might have more back pain after squatting or deadlifting. Um, and it's just because my hips were tight and then I went into a workout and I tightened them even more. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just cutting it off and it just makes it hurt even more. So we got to make sure, start with the little things, take your time, find out where it's coming from. Last thing I'll say before we wrap up for today also, guys, is like if you're sitting all day, like nine to five, and then you go into a workout and it's like leg press, leg extension, then you're going into squats. You're basically just reinforcing the positions that you were sitting in all day, which like cool, but you also need work opening things up and strengthening the opposite muscles and loosening the muscles that have been tight and that you've been using all day literally to sit like your hip flexors are probably dying. And then meanwhile, you're like, let's go do squats. (laughs) And then you're like, I don't know why my hips feel terrible. My knees feel terrible and things like that. So um, exercise selection is also really important when you're looking at that. It's not just about like losing weight and building muscle. It's also like, what are the attitudes that you're sitting in all day? And then how is that affected as well? So if you guys have any questions, um, feel free to drop them down on the live stream and Michael maybe answer them later on. Um, and then also, if you guys are interested in in-person or online personal training, Mike is officially on the team full-time um, and does offer both. So if you guys would like any help 
uh, one-on-one with your knee pain, make sure that you message us and uh, just message us the word Mike, and then we will give you some information. Normally it's strong, but we'll go with Mike. You'll love it. And then, uh, and then that way we'll give you his contact and you guys can chat a little bit more about if that's a good fit for you. So hope you're having the best day. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you guys got value from this live stream, uh, screenshot and share it to your page, tag us in it, and uh, hope you have the best day ever. All right, have a great one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you found value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you would screenshot and tag Samantha Mills Fitness on Instagram or leave us a review down below. If you'd like to go further in your weight loss journey with us, head over to my Instagram bio and fill out an application to get started. We'll see you in the next episode and I hope you have the best freaking day ever.